Rest in peace, George Floyd. Wow. 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 As we can see, that is a super long time. That was great. That was that was mad. That's a very long time to have someone's knee in your neck. Bruv. That was um yeah. Yeah. Ace, I can't lie. I have to ask you this question. Yeah. Any point in that, did you fall asleep? No, I did, I definitely did not fall asleep. Okay. Um yeah, I was I was just thinking like when you think about eight minutes and 46 seconds, like, especially like nowadays, there's artists that put out EPs that are shorter than that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. Um, I want to say, we got to bring Shawnee B in. What's going on, Shawnee? You can hear me? Check, we check, check, check. check. All right. Shawnee sound crystal, boy. You sound good. Your microphone is good. <laughs> Look at that microphone that you've got there, boy. <laughs> <laughs> It's a proper Neumann U87. There you go. There you go. How you been, brother? Uh, do you know what? It's been how many hours has it been? Like 48, 72 hours? Yeah. It's been it's been a odd 40 whatever hours it's been. Mm. Um the phone calls that we've received, um the reactions, the responses, um I, it's like a sense of responsibility, yes. I ain't gonna tell no lie. It, it does feel like it weighs heavy sometimes. You get what I'm saying? But I, when I left the studio and I was driving home, I felt like I was free. Like I felt liberated to a certain extent. You get what I'm saying? I actually said, I feel like I'm light right now. That's the sense that I had. Like I felt like I was light. And yeah, I just felt light. But the some of the some of the responses and reactions has been nuts. That that's been like the most craziest thing for me. Definitely. Um so for for those that ain't heard it, we me and my, me and Shawnee did a show on Tuesday um that was dedicated to George Floyd, but also we we touched on just racism. We touched on white privilege, we touched on uh racism, we touched on police, we, we touched on so many different I mean, as much as we could fit into those 120 minutes, because that's all we really had. But um a lot was said and we were given free reign to say exactly how we felt. Um, there was going to be no repercussions. We were allowed to to, to say it exactly how it was. Um, and you know what? Respect to them for that as well. Because, I mean, we I, we do, surely, we do this podcast every week. Mm-hmm. And whenever these men start going in, I back out. Because I'm, I'm BBC in it. You're so scared. Like, I, I'm scared. I don't want to say certain things. So as soon as these men start going in on various different topics... I'm just like, I, I, go, I go mute, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it was, like you just said, I said it in the morning after, it was super liberating to be able to just really speak my mind. And especially on, I, I know we're talking about George Floyd, but just especially on how I feel as a black man every day, mm. working in a, in a corporate environment and, and working in that building. And, and I, I said it before, my, my position and my position in the music in, in this industry, Various different things, but so much came out as um, as a result of this program. And you're right, my phone has not stopped ringing. My DMs are insane, and it's it's just taught me a lot about myself. And at, at first, I was beating myself up actually because I was like, "Why is it taking me this long to speak out?" 
and this is a deep thing, but it actually, the fact that I hadn't, because we've seen DJ speak out, I lie. Yeah. <laughs> and, I have, and they're not about anymore. Do you know what I'm saying? And I feel like sometimes you you have to go, you have to go through the fuckery, yeah, in order to be able to get to a point where you can do that. And I feel like I've, I've paid my 18 years. And Hundreds. I paid, yeah, I paid my time. I paid my dues. And now I'm in a position where I'm like, yo, look, this is how it is. And this is how I feel. And this is what's going on. And yeah, it was, and, and, and I love that I had an opportunity to do it with you because me and you have seen so many of the same things and we've, mo- we've moaned about some of the same things and, and we felt the same way. And I always say that sh- I, I've always wanted to be more like Shawnee and, and be able to speak my mind more. And um, I didn't realize that about myself. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't realize that I spoke so outwardly in that manner. And my thing is just being who I am. I went through, I think I went through some times where it's like you want to be, you're trying to want to be accepted in a different section of what you do, especially in what we do, Ace. You get what I'm saying? So even being like a dancer DJ, but I was a dancer DJ that did the whole remix thing. So it's easy for me to kind of think, let me slide over to what the EDM is doing with dancehall and all the rest of it. But what I realized quick and fast was there was, there was nothing better than being the very best black me and being very 100% with that. And I think it's when I lost my show that I started to realize that, you know what? Even when you try and adapt to, to the situation and the system, and when I lost my show, I had like good numbers on Radio 1 at the time. And it was like, rah, even then you're not good enough, bruv. You get what I'm saying? It's like, you do all of that to try and fit in. And as you say, told a line to a certain extent and don't be too loud. And But even then I felt like it didn't work. And what was the funniest thing here, yeah, Ace? During that time when I didn't have my show, I just went back to the ends, innit? I had my birthday party in the ends. The ends came out and supported me. It was them that made me from the very beginning. And then... I started to produce. And at the time, I wanted to dabble with like dubstep and all them kind of things. And I said, later to that, let me go and do reggae. And you know what happened? I won my Grammy with Morgan Heritage. And that's when I realized, don't pretend to be nothing but yourself. And then, this thing is not about name calling, yeah? But I have to say, when I got back my show, I got back my spot on One Extra, Charlie Sloth was on there. And I always remember going on and chatting about Orange. And I remember saying it on here, Orange. And I goes, hey, what now? If next man could be talking like this on this station, I'm going to be the best black brother that I can be. <laughs> and you see from that, yeah. that was just like, I'm going to be in the office loud. Not even loud. I'm just going to be in the office. Me, I'm a bubbly character. Why should I tone it down for? I bring, I bring as they say, color to the room, sir. Let me just bring the best color that, and my thing now is that if we don't be like this, we're, we're cheating ourselves. And not to say that we're all like that, but if we don't bring our culture to work, we're cheating ourselves. I mean, on, the, on, on the flip side of that is, and this is what scares me, because one of the most important things that came out of this was that my son's deputy head teacher, who I've been in conversations with, back and forward with the school and all sorts because my son's there, he's playing up. But then at the same time, I can see where they're playing up. Mm-hmm. So I have to pull them up in the same way I'm going to drag him up, I'm going to drag them up. So there's been conversations with them. And she emailed me and she said, after listening to that show, she definitely 
feels committed to the cause of listening and opening up that dialogue and making others understand more because we put our true story on the, on, on the front. And, and the reason why I'm saying all this is because when we send our children to school, they walk out of the house with the same culture that we walk out of the house with 90% of the time. But we have control over that as adults. So when we're going out of the workplace, we may not be like, well, I'll go on. Like, all right, Tom, you get what I'm saying? But me, man, just, well, I'll go on, Tom. Because if an Irish guy comes into work, he could be top of the morning, Tom. And that's his culture. Me, <laughs> naturally, is just, well, I'll go on. So when I use them go to school now, and they're like, well, I'll go on, teach her this, that, the other, they see that as street language, blah, blah, blah. And they want to shut all that down. They don't understand it. And that's when the friction all starts with the youths, them at school and this, that, the other. And I'm like, if you understand where these youths are just coming from and just see them for what they are, it's a lot easier for everybody. Because I think sometimes the, the problems that I see with my youth at school is that teachers just to understand it, that he's going to come back at them because naturally in the yard, we're like, yo, rare, rare, rare. yeah, but dad, blah, blah, no, but it won't nah. That's the way that I was when I was a youth growing up in my yard with my mother and them. That's just naturally, we're very kind of people like that. You know what I'm saying? So if we don't show that fully all the time, nobody's going to be normal with that. So right. that's me, Ace. When you see me there, that's why I, it, it's too tiring. As you said, it's too tiring. It's draining, man. It's draining. I, 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 I can't do it. Like, it, it. I feel like it's why our parents would come home knackered. Because they've been, and, and be vexed with us. Because Trust me. They've been acting all day. Like, like <laughs> they've been conforming and pretending. They've been doing an acting job the whole day. Mm. And you get home and you're tired. And there's, and there's been times when I've come home and I'm tired. And I always say, like, people ask me, like, what's your favorite part of your job? I say, my favorite part of my job is 10 to 1. Them three hours I'm in the studio, that is when I can be me. When mm. I get out of the studio, I got to conform a little bit. Before I get into the studio, I got to conform a little bit. You know what's it's what's interesting about you saying when you lost your job? Because for me, I did the total opposite. When I got when I got my show back on one extra, I was looking at them like, okay, they've given me another chance. Who are the black people that are doing bits? And you you looked at Charlie and was like, oh, they want they want the black the black thing. And I I looked at it like, no, they don't want the black thing from us. So I'm gonna start putting on shirts. Go look at my the pictures of when I first started daytime. <laughs> For the first year, I was wearing a shirt every day. That is not me, fam. Do you know what I'm saying? I was fully conforming to try and do what I thought they wanted me to do. And that was tiring. But as long as I got to do That's radio, long. I was happy. But it's long. And and I, and this, this week, I just said, no more. That is it. But you see, what you, you see what you may not know, Ace? I have been working in the BBC since I was 19. So that's over 20 odd years ago. And I worked in a place called News and Current Affairs, where I was a, literally the only black face. And at 19, I was the only youth black face that was in there. And in that six months that I did inside that room, th like the only black people that I saw in that building was um, like the cleaners wow. and the catering people. Right. And because of the way we grow, I said, you man, good morning, sir. Good morning, mom. Good. And I didn't see none of that. And I hated. I did six months and I cut. So for all them reasons there, that's why on Tuesday, it was just like. Oh. Let it go. Yeah. 
<laughs> like, ah, freedom. Literally, it was just that. So it was mine. Uh, hey, Ace, yeah. can I interview it? Yeah, of course because, you can. So I would say that all five of us on this, we're we're in a special place because we we have the have the liberty, especially myself, Femi, and Lee. Bob, it's my shop. I can do what I want in my shop. I can wear what I want. And there are going to be a lot of people that listen to your show and are watching this right now that don't necessarily have that liberty of being able to speak out as much as they would like to. You understand? Like, they still have to conform because at the end of the day, like... It's, it, it, it can't be a nice thing thinking that you could lose your job based on, do you know what I mean, your conduct. So, so, you, so, you, so you do have to... You're protecting some... your security, in it. You're protecting your security, in it. At the Absolutely. end of the day, you've got, you got bills to pay at the end of the day, so you can't just yeah. go on. And, and the thing is with, 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 with both you and you, Shawnee B and, and you, Ace, you, you are both amazing DJs. Do you know what I mean? Surely me. I, did, I, I had no idea you won a Grammy. Do you know what I mean? So that there, with Morgan Heritage, that, that's, 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 these that will tell you I'm old, that's my, that's my, do you know what I mean? But, but that, that doesn't have, afford me to talk though, you know? I, but what that, I'm saying... That, I, pro, I promise you, I wish economically then I was in a position to be able to talk okay. even louder and bust okay. like and <laughs> like I'm yeah. not in that place. I'm not even close to being in that place. Like I promise yeah. you. Like I wish it was because of that. The reason why I talk is because I'm tired. The reason why I talk is because I can see everybody else rising up, and I'm like, this is a moment. The reason why I talk is because people look at me that we have a platform. What are we mm. gonna do with that platform? Like I force and push hands inside the building to talk about certain things. You get what I'm saying? Because I say that we do have a platform. When I was I'm locking, I'm shutting down um, a youth center called Avenues down on Harrow Road. I looked at black execs like, ain't we gonna talk about it? All right, let me put a spin on it then. Fredo comes from that Avenue Center as well. Nobody jumped at it. And then next thing I saw on ITV News or something like that. So I've been trying. I think it's just because of this special time that we have got right now. It's an exceptional, extraordinary time where I go on right now. That you know, I'm, the I'm, COVID I'm, thing. Yeah, I'm, and, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you because I don't know what it is now. Because a few people have asked me, yeah, why now? Like Black Lives Matter didn't just come around last week. Do you know what I mean? So a few people have, have asked me why now. Yeah, why am I why am I moving so so passionate on on even like social media with things that I'm posting and conversations that I'm having with people and I you know what it is I don't I don't actually know why now. Can I ask like, you how old are you? Forty two. You got kids? Yeah, I got a nineteen year old daughter. That's why. No, but no, but this but this is the thing though. It's different for us now because we're older. We got we got people looking at us to protect them. You know what it is. I just I, it's like what you said just now. I feel a sense of togetherness and community more now than I've ever felt before. And it, and it's almost like that energy 
gives me a bit more strength to be able to post what I want without thinking, ah. Oh, Could I that be because it's social media though? So you can visually see that energy and that togetherness. Before yeah. we never knew if South London was the same as West London, just like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 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 And you're right with, with the children because I was saying to I was saying to a couple of friends and my missus the other day, the way I feel now, I'm prepared to hold the first lick and I'm prepared to go jail to make sure that my nephew and my daughter and other youngsters, because the stuff that my parents went through, as, as, as you mentioned before, and I thought about this earlier, imagine what our parents went through back in the 60s and 70s, and they never had mobile phones and WhatsApp and whatever to chat to this person, that person, that person in their area, let alone around the world. So they must have felt so isolated, so like, alone at times that as even as you said Ace that they're going to work and they got to put up with this madness. Can you imagine I tell you, that work? when I was a youth, I remember going to my dad's workplace with him in South London and my old man was a drinker. So he'd be a man that would be in a pub having a drink, having a laugh, this, that, the other, Dominican. And I remember a white man saying something very degrading to him, like, just, I just remember, I can't remember the quote, but I remember the conversation with my dad. I remember my dad saying, now nah, he's having a laugh with me. That's how we all get along and whatever and this, that, the other. And I just, like, that stuck in my head. And my dad used to love watch Alf Garnet. <laughs> Marigold. And them sitting there, like, yo. And I think that generation there, they just took it, kind of. And because... I always remember hearing that Jamaicans was the ones and that never take it. That's why Jamaicans get the bad name. And my dad, my father was a Dominican. So I suppose a little bit more accepting because culturally, I'm not rough up and tough up. So you get what I'm saying? My mother was a Jamaican. Like my mother wouldn't have that, but my father accepted it. And that stuck with me. And it was purely to be accepted, to be able to go through in the workplace. Mm. And I was like, I don't know why that has stuck with me for so many years. I must have been like nine, 10, but I just remember it and it was so disrespectful. And to know my, my father would sit there and watch Alf Garnet go at Marigold, you know? <laughs> like, it, it was, it, that was their norm. Yeah. It's crazy. But you know what it is? You know what it is? As parents, yeah, we make sacrifices for our children. And that might have been a sacrifice that your dad had to make that time knowing that True. he's the head of a family. Like, like you know, like, Reggie, I get up at 5.30 in the morning every day to go to work. I don't want to. If I, you understand? Like, if I didn't have to, but that's a, a tiny sacrifice to make sure people around me are okay and I'm okay and I'm enjoying the lifestyle that I'm living. Do you know what I mean? So for our parents back then, and... I hear you. That that especially especially that that program that that Alf Garnet thing. I remember there was I can't I don't know the actor's name. Femi, you probably know the actor. There was a black brother on there. He he went on to be in Oz and um, a couple other things. He was in that Nigerian that, guy. Nigerian, Nigerian guy. Yeah. Nigerian. Yeah. I know you're talking about. And he, he played like the, he was like a, the gay guy that lived next door or something like that. Yeah. Femi, you're on mute. Is it Triple A? 
Nah, it weren't him. It weren't him. Oh, what? No, it wasn't. It weren't I would him. love to speak to Imiana to see how he, how he felt about because I, I can't remember nothing positive. It wasn't <laughs> like there wasn't like a comeback line where there was a positive. Like Afghan just clotted him week in, week <laughs> out. Mm. He just got clotted every week. It was horrible. Do you think you think the older generation are like? Well, sorry, sorry. Someone, someone saying, is it Eamon Walker? Eamon Walker, yeah, yeah. It's Eamon Walker's like, um, he's doing well. He's in America now. He doesn't yeah. work there anymore. See, there he's doing well now. <laughs> Marigold. He doesn't work here. He doesn't work in England, really. Do you, do you think the older generation are like, well, it's nowhere near as bad as it used to be? Absolutely. Because, I, like, I even, I've, 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 I thought I was going to get loads of, I'm gonna be honest with you. I thought that once that the videos that we that they posted on the BBC today of the show went out, that there would be some backlash because I've seen it before. I've seen when we talk about race before, and there's some people that get their backs up, people that probably had never had no interaction with black people, people that maybe just don't like the existence of black people, like and get very brave online um, and start tweeting or start sending messages. I got a couple of those today. And one of them, one, the one that I did post said, what are you talking about? You have the same, you have the same opportunities as everyone else. Um, mm -mm. Nothing's been, <laughs> nothing's been handed to us. Mm. Uh, and it may, it's interesting because if, I don't know if they, if they're looking at it as black people in 2020, as compared to the 70s or the 60s, cause yes, hundred percent, we are in a better position. That's not a lie. But it's still not a great position. We're still, Listen, we're still forget all of that. This nation was built off the sweat and blood of black people, the sweat and um, wealth of black people. Forget all of that. You owe us for life. No, no, no. What this is the thing, this is what people don't understand. You know, like in terms of like what was done in Africa, what was done to black bodies, like moving black bodies in tiny ships across oceans, like 400 and something years ago. You owe us forever, and you've never dealt with that publicly. No one's ever said sorry. No one's ever paid people no reparations. Like, in fact, France, yeah, was making Haiti pay compensation to it for years and years. I don't even know if they've stopped that yet. I still need to look into it. I don't here's know a question: stop that yet? What would you What would you want to make you feel complete and accept an apology from them? I don't want an apology. I just don't want you to be racist. I don't want you to make my life hard. I don't want you to make my children's life hard. I don't want you to make the education system difficult for my kids. I want access to the justice system for more black people. I want more black judges. I want all of these things because you know what? I deserve to be treated as human because not only because, not only because there was slavery, just because I'm human like you. I am like you. You're not no smarter than me. You're not, not, you're not any of these things more than me. We are equal. We're human. And that's why I'm vexed. That's why, for me, this whole thing's really frustrating because ultimately, it's almost like black people have to prove that they deserve... You know that one? Oh, you're not like them other ones? Nah, mm -hmm. you're racist already. Go away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, well, like, to it's table. almost like I have to earn the right to be looked upon as a fellow human. No, mate. I am just like you. I, and that's the problem. I feel like we've been dehumanized for so long that it's people finding it difficult to come to terms that they have to treat us as equals now. How do we get there? 
because now because I had my opportunity to go ah on the big old BBC, it's like now I feel like can I go ah again? I have to find that next place now. No, but it's dialogue. It's dialogue, and it's what you guys started. I mean, like you know, I was in shock when this woman, big old woman, came on radio and said. Yeah, I'm scared of big black men. <laughs> Jabril. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but Femi, why was you in shock though? No, but she was telling the truth, and that's what I loved. That it was so know, honest. I loved the platform was that mm. she was given the room to say that. And when you asked her why, she said, "I don't know." Mm. Do you know what? Guess what? I know because actually, you've been indoctrinated in a system that has told you that black men are dangerous through media through like education probably by your parents and like you've been grown up in this system that tells you that you know what be scared of big black men mm. or like oh do you know what the black the big black man is is this sexual being do you, you know, know what I would, do you know what i would like to see right now tell us and I, I, I blatantly spoke to one of the bosses about this you know i'm terrible so <laughs> i just talk hey, of course i said you know what i would like to see no more of us talking. I would like to see the other side of people talking. The people that we were supposedly talking to. Right. So a room of our counterparts. Mm. So two white DJs, two white promoters to break down what they heard and what they thought about what they heard, like in sections. That's beautiful. Because with none of us in the room, that's amazing. for them just to talk. No, no, and just to hear what that response is to that. That, that there, you see that there, what you said, is what I loved about this, what I've loved about this whole, you know, this is like some truth of reconciliation. I go on Instagram and people are like, yeah, I've experienced racism and this is my story and we're having this moment, right? But what needs to happen more is white people being honest mm -hmm. about their lack of understanding or their lack of empathy or the fact that, oh yeah, I was once racist. I called someone an N-word once and all of, like, you know, it's that truth. That truth, like how we was truthful. I want to hear the truth from their side. If they think we're talking shit, then say so. Yeah. And then we go back into the room and that. Because remember, I did this document, the documentary I did four years ago, Ace, Black is a Dirty Word. Yeah. After I had to cancel, it was me and you again, innit? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. Flip it. Me and Shuni had a booking in Bournemouth and they did some black guys dirty at the door, didn't let them in for no reason. Oh, is that when you said that? Is that when you said you weren't DJing there again? Yeah, yeah. So, so we cancelled bookings there. So yeah. I didn't even have a booking for New Year's Eve that year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was brought into January. That's funny. And it's always me and you, Ace. Like, yeah, it's always me and you. You're, you're, you're trouble, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, What's that gonna say now? I've lost my train of thought. You, you're talking about the guys on the other side, talking about the um, the guys that you're appealing to to come forward. Yeah. And what I was gonna say is, this is when you're gonna see: Are them men willing to lose a check? Are them men willing to lose their mortgage? Well, we don't lose the check already. We we've lost it, but are they gonna do it on the other side though? No, but are they gonna say me? come true and well, say? Well, technically, we've done. Right. Not to say we have we ain't lost the check, but mm. we've put ourselves in that position to see if yeah, we're yeah, gonna. Yeah, yeah. Lose a check. You get what I'm saying? Well, and Lee, you need, the thing is, this conversation is not going to move forward until white people start taking action, until yeah. white people start talking about race. That's my point. Open about race. Well, not the thing is, black people have been talking to each other about race for years. We have these conversations all the time. This is what we we talk about race and our racial experiences. My mom would be like, my mom was coming over and talking about the white people favoring other white people at work from when I was a little kid. My whole life. 
Like, now, that's the point I was going to make. Huh? When we did the documentary, we had a conversation afterwards. Another debate kind of thing. And I remember saying, I don't want to sit in a room of black people because all we're going to do is talk to ourselves in the same manner that we're talking now. That's pointless. Yeah. I remember begging just to put somebody in the room, just somebody white, fam. You get what I'm saying? So we could talk to them rather mm -hmm. than talking to each other because all we do is exchange stories to a certain extent. We play that game of Tenerife and Elevenerife. You tell me a story, I tell you a better story. You get what I'm saying? When it's a, a million white man run me down. You get what I'm saying? I'm tired of having that internal conversation. I want to have that conversation outside. I want to see, I, I want to sit in the face of a racist and have a conversation. <laughs> I mean, I'll be don't, honest, don't that, that was the most, for me, the most powerful moment in that whole thing was when that woman was having that conversation with me. Like, I was like, Rod, this is big BBC one extra, yeah? Go on. And like, for her to be so open about how she felt, I thought, and, and that's what needs to happen. There needs to be more conversations between black people there needs to be more conversations between white people, but there needs to be conversations between black people and white people and honest conversations as well. Not just these like, oh, we, oh, I, don't, I don't see race. I don't want to talk about race and all of those conversations because they're not true. And I, want to be, I, want, I want to be honest with you guys. I want to big up like, a couple of the bosses up at the BBC who sure. like really have opened up their self to this conversation and this argument and is affording us like, even like the platform, not just this platform, but just like to say, what more can we do? Like I've had emails with heavyweights up at BBC and for me, I'm taking the opportunity because their ears is wide open. People's ears are wide open right now. We have to take the opportunity, literally like everybody now has to get up and tell their story. Probably go on, go on your gram tomorrow and tell a story. So they realize that when they look at a black person, it's not a chip on the shoulder. It's not that we're just pissed off. All of us have got a story. We can create a book that will be horror. Mm. Everybody has to tell their story. Yeah. Femi, I, I, know, I know you said your, your favorite part was, was that one. I think her name was Kaylee when she admitted to being scared of a big black woman, a big black man, sorry. I feel like she's an anomaly though. I don't feel like the average black white person would be as open to say, yes, I'm scared of black people. No chance. No way. That's why it was, so, that's why it was such a good listen. That's, that's why it was so, it was so real. And, and this is the thing, this is the truth. Like, you know, like there's there's obviously extremes, isn't it? There's extreme white people that will, are just extremely racist and that will, that, you know, are toxic in that way. And then there's people like Kelly that are just like, you know what? I don't even know how I feel like this. I don't even know why I feel like this. And like, you know, and then there's like liberals that are just, that just turn a blind eye and pretend like it's not going on. I mean, all of this is going on here. Yeah? I go on my grab, yeah? And this is all I see every, on everyone's Instagram, right? And then you go on the news, it's barely registering. Mm. What about the ones that are our, our friends that we're cool with, they understand the thing, but they, they don't talk about the injustices that they do blatantly see because yeah. they feel they're not comfortable enough or it's not my place to talk yeah, exactly. about that. Do you know what though? No. You see that you see those people doing it, yeah. I I I I've had a lot of people reach out to me and 
a lot of white people reach out and and they've literally just said, listen, I'm not even going to try and begin to understand or try and understand what, what you and your brothers have gone through, but I'm sorry, in it. I'm sorry, you know, it's horrendous. You've got my support, bloody, bloody, blah. And I and I the thing is, I genuinely believe it. And I, and I stopped and I thought to myself, how many times have you gone to message somebody about something and you stopped before you press send? You thought, ah, let me wait an hour. This ain't the right time. You know, you just come up with so many different reasons. Bruh, this must be one of the hardest things for people to do right now, to have this conversation, because I, I would say, you've got people that, are, that know they're racist. You've got people that are racist and don't even know it, yeah? And no one wants to be tarnished with that your racist argument. Nobody wants that. So I think this conversation is just a very scary conversation. But I think right now, we just need to tell people, you can't be scared of education. But how many, how many times have you stood up just because you've seen somebody doing wrong and you'd be like, yo, Bridget, you can't do that, you know? Yeah, but yeah, but you know what it is? This, this, I believe, yeah, that I'm, I'm and I, I want to ask Lee about this as well in a minute. I've worked for myself for the last 25 years. Do you know what I mean? I've had no one to answer to but myself. Yeah. So... And these that will tell you on Cut the Trap, when we're talking about certain things, my argument is, Rupert, I'm a barber. You know where I'm at. If I've said something that you don't like, land in it. We will have this conversation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's been my attitude from day. And I, and I understand and appreciate Ace's position and even Femi's position. Do you know what I mean? I, and, 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 and even your position, surely. I, I understand that. One, one of the things that I wanted to ask Lee is, for those who don't know, you might not know, surely, Lee's a black taxi, he's a black cab driver. Um, and growing up, and even now, I, I even look at that, I, I see more black, black and ethnic cab drivers and, and more female cab drivers, black taxi drivers. But that to me still seems like one of them old yeah. English, do you know what I mean? Old them boys club. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 wasn't, it wasn't old boys club really and truthfully because they wouldn't tell you. It was like when you were in, you were in. And even when I was studying the knowledge, they, I wasn't, I was getting told by cab drivers, oh, you're wasting your time. There's no money in it. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, it is, it is a click. It is quite clicky. But the funny thing is, when I done the knowledge, um, the knowledge of London, I done it with, um, you know, you meet friends in school or whatever. And I met a guy and he was, um, he was I'm not going to, I don't want to bait him up because it would be bait if I say, anyway, we were good. We, I, I felt we was good enough to bring around my man them we used to study every day and slowly and surely certain things he was saying was coming out and he's not english by the way he's not english but certain things would come out daily and i think now nah, you know what you can't really say that now he's from outside london do you get what i'm saying so i was really truthfully i'm trying to school him but i'm not trying to over school him i'm saying nah but you can't think like that you can't think like that do you get what i'm saying to a point where he was it was, I, I asked him a question one time and I said, oh, would you get have a black girl? And it was, and I could tell he wanted to, but he knew the pressures from outside. He knew it was going to be peak from wherever. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? And it was funny because this guy's coming to my house to learn. So we weren't in school, we coming to my house. Mm. And then we were planning one day, 
oh, let's go to your house and do a barbecue. That that day never came. That day never came. <laughs> that day we doing the same thing, you know. He's from I'm from the Caribbean. He's he's not even from Eng- like he's he claims to be from another country too. Do you get what I'm saying? And he couldn't even do you get what I'm saying? It's, that, not, even, it's not even just from one part of the world, it's from yeah. several parts of the world. You understand? And it was right. mad. And it's mad. And obviously, like I said, in my game, there are a lot. It was, it's definitely changed now. It's very, very diverse now. Because even when I'm driving, I, see, I, don't, I don't really see the old English back in the day. I, do you get what I'm saying? Like the stereotypical. But I get hit with the same jokes. Oh, do you, do you pick up black guys? Do you go south of the river? Do you do this? Oh, and I think, oh, do you get what I'm saying? I get hit with all of these lines. Day in, are day you serious? out. All the time. Still, up to this day, all the time. But are, there, the cab, time. are there cab drivers that do stuff like that, that, that all drive past black brothers. Like, are there black, I mean, black... Hey, probably. Hey. No, not probably. white ones, I'm talking about black ones. I'm talking about black... Are, are, are there black cab drivers that do yeah. it? Yeah. To be honest with you, the competition's scarce now. You can't afford to do that. Right. Because to be honest with you, the, person, the one time I got... The times I've been bumped are not from my people. I'll be honest with you. And, and, and you know... I was like, just I about to pre- ask you that question, you know, because I've bumped, take, a, I've bumped, bumped a black guy. <laughs> as a you, <laughs> as, as I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what? I've had two, two, two cases always stand out to me, yeah? There was one, a guy came from his work, his Christmas do with his friends, and it was a white guy. They put him in a cab, and they were like, oh, he's good for it. He's going to St. Albans. Rare, rare, rare. He's got the money on him, but he was drunk. And I was like, oh, I'm in the Nara, but they were really nice at the door. Rare, rare, rare. So I was like, all right, cool. Took him up to St. Albans. It was messy. From the moment I, I landed and the bill was nearly 200 pounds worth, it was messy. Do you get what I'm saying? And he got out of the cabin, he ran, ran off and I watched where he ran and he ran into this big house. He's got the, uh, the seven series convertible on the drive, another car. And I'm thinking, you're trying to take the piss. You're trying to take the piss. You're living life good and you're mugging me off. And, and that was a scenario that I never thought that looking at him, whatever, wouldn't think that would happen. But in my own people, I've got in the cab and they've got in a bit rowdy. Hey, boss, no, 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 pick me up, pick me up. And I'm thinking, I don't like the tone you're talking to me, but let me let, jump in because I want to show you that, yeah, you can get in this, like, but you have to come a little bit correct when you're talking to me. Don't talk, I don't sell chicken and chips. Don't, it's not that. <laughs> get in the, do you get what I'm saying? They get in, and to be honest with you, they were billing up and rare. To me, billing up and all that's not bad. Because they, they, they said to me, can I smoke this spliff in the back? And I said, you know what? No. You, you, can do, you can do what you're doing. That's your business. But don't take the piss now. Do you get what I'm saying? And when we got to the end, and even I thinking, the way they was talking, the conducting, I was thinking, are they good? what? This could be, this could have a go two ways. And um, they got out. And one of them was thinking about running off. And the other one identified with me. And we were just having a conversation. I was telling him, well, you should become a black cab driver because it's good money. Rare, rare, rare. Despite what you heard, you work for yourself. And he ended up getting like a turn off this friend, a turn off this. So he ended up paying an extra like 50 pound tip, just getting a turn off all his friends, winding them together and saying, right, that's for you, big man. Do you get what I'm saying? So it is what it is. We are lovely people like that. We know? are, man. We are. It's the truth. 100%. Just the way you said it, here you go, that's for you, big man. I, I can hear it right now. We are that's lovely people like that. Straight and, that, and that will always stick with me. That will, will I had to get out and, and brush some of the paraphernalia out, but boy, for 50 pounds, you gotta do what you gotta do. You get everybody's what I'm everybody's burning a bit of weed, fam. You get what I'm saying? It's not, we can't even get liquid that no more. You, you don't hear what can't you see how 
the thing that they used to beat us with is now mm. a multi-billion dollar business, industry. Yeah. And they pushed us out of that. Mm. You have to remember, you know, it's the man them on the edge of the road, you know, original mm. road man them, the man them inside the bookies, rolling mm. up in the bookie paper and all the rest of it. Like, it's them man there that, that marijuana so big. Mm. And now, where, 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 where are we in this thing? Straight. And these are all, this is, this is all the things that contribute to our down, holding us down, appropriating what we've got. We, we did all the marketing and advertising on that, you know? Yeah, of course. Of course we did. <laughs> he said we did all the marketing and advertising. We did, from music to them spliffy jeans, to, yeah. everything, to everything, like, we marketed yeah. it 100%. All right, all right. Watch, watch the ride. How much home remedies from back in the day do you yeah. now see in the pharmacy? It's true. Yeah. 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 Appropriated, labelled up, and fed back to us. Mm. And this is what they've done with our music, all sorts, to take total control of mama's remedies. You get what I'm saying? Mm. Like, all that, like, and this is what, that, we have to start to hook up for this. When I'm mm. going inside, Certain stores and seeing carrot juice, blood. My mom used to press out carrot juice from as a youth man. You know what I'm saying? Like, but and 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 we have to, we have to now grab our, our, all of that because that is our magic. You get what I'm saying? Like, everybody's vegan. Move, man was ital. You get what I'm saying? Like, real. I used to laugh. Oh, for, like, for, you're laughing, you know, but it's for real, for real. It's true, it's true. When you when you think about them things, there, yeah. You understand the concept of Babylon. Because when you say Babylon system, you know, check the facts, you know. Carrot juice now, they would have on a bottle with a package labeled 50% of that, 10% of that, this, that, they have a rare, rare, rare. Aloe vera. My mom used to call it single Bible. You have a little burn on you, whatever, you just rub it on your skin. Boom. Now that's packaged up in a bottle, 10%, this, that, the other. All those labelings and all them things there, eh? that's the Babylon system, you know. Because mommy, we just go like that. Yeah. Tip, 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 tip. So, so for us to succeed, we have to enter into that Babylon system. Have we got the, the, the key to that? We ain't got the key to that. They've now got marijuana, labeled it up, 10% this. I remember when the man them on the ends would be, is a boom drawer. <laughs> now you got, <laughs> you got this percentage, this, that, the other, this, that, the other. So we've been pushed out of that because we don't have access, or we do have access to it now, but it's harder for us to be, because where is our physicians and chemists and all the rest of it then, to be able to put those labels on those things for we to have the ownership of it? No, you're absolutely right. I mean, like, yeah. you look at the biggest marijuana companies in the world, and, like, it's a huge industry now. So it's forecast, I'm just looking it up, like, the global marijuana market increased by 37% in 2018. It's forecast to reach... 57 billion dollars and how many of those 57 billion dollars are going into black black hands Let, let's keep mean? it stereotypical where's delray and leray <laughs> <laughs> <We're in there. laughs> they're not involved and I, and have you have you watched that documentary the um green and the grass or whatever no on is netflix. it on netflix yeah yeah, yeah. you got yeah, you yeah. got to watch that shit. It was, there was a white guy there that goes man you got you, you can't put all the potheads in this there to fuck it up oh, bruv wow. My pothead brethren, them are the quickest fucking mathematicians on the roadside. Don't play. 
They know about quarters, apes, and all that, fam. We're mathematicians, blood. Yeah. We, we that, but what is Jay Z then? Mm. That's where he come from, isn't it? Mm. We, we got that knowledge, but they hold us out of all of this. And these are the things that piss me off. Yeah. And, and one thing that frustrates me is it's hard to get white people to acknowledge white privilege. They don't even understand it. They don't understand it. They can't understand it, though. They can't fathom it, really. It's what, it's what one of the ladies in the, in the chat said. It's like white people don't even understand what it means to be white. Mm. So if you like, you know, like you tell tell white people like, oh, they they'll call you black, right? Try to one. Sometimes white people are uncomfortable when you call them white. They like. You think they feel, call us black? They 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 feel uneasy. Some of them sometimes they do. I I, I, I feel, they feel like hey, surely you're. B- 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 <laughs> <laughs> However, no, but this is the thing, Shorty. This is the thing, Shorty. But when they're putting out all those statistics, they're not scared to call us black. They're not scared to call to say black on black crime. They're not uh, scared. Well, to, then, yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? And that's, but that's from that, a distance. No, but that's the prism that is used to categorize us and put us in, in boxes, right? And so what happens is, like, when you call, when, when I did an interview about two years ago, and I, I referred to white people as white people, and oh my gosh, the backlash I got for what? saying white people. Are you serious? Yeah. People go at me for saying white people. They're like, so oh, how, they, how they, should you address them? I don't know. <laughs> but when you want to talk about, we should oh, flip black... the script and call them colored people. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. <laughs> joke. Exactly. But like, ultimately, like white people can't, don't even like. They're they're happy to categorize other races, but then the minute you talk you talk to them about their race and their privilege that comes with that, it's really uncomfortable conversation because it's normal to them. They don't even recognize it because it's normality. You've grown up in this normal way. What is become kind of norm to us, and it's normal for us to hear our parents say, you have to be two times, three times better, this, that, the other. We naturally take, take those phrases and we've passed them on to our children who's going to pass them on to their children. What they've got is now their normality of just going true in life without realizing anything. That's why the program on Tuesday was such an eye-opener to be like, hello, there is, let me talk slow. There is a problem. Straight. Yeah, hey, Yo. do you remember, do you remember, I thought about this today <clears throat> and um, what we was talking about, about white privilege and, and, and some white people not understanding what white privilege is. And one of the, the, the best examples that I have is when me, Ace, and Lee was in Ibiza. <laughs> so we're in Ibiza, we're at Ocean Beach. And everybody knows who, who Ace is because the DJ at the time wasn't doing too well. So everyone's looking at Ace, like, Ace, land in it. Save the party and land. Ace is just like, nah, I can't, really, really, right. Anyway, so we're sitting on our table and there's two white guys sitting on the, the last table behind us, right in the corner. And they're smoking weed, yeah? Now, if anyone oh, knows- Oh yeah, I remember this one. <laughs> right, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a very multicultural place. It's, it's, it's very multicultural, do you understand? It's, 
it is what it is. Like, it's, it's the hot spot in Ibiza. Anyone that's there, you got to go Ocean Beach. So where there, these guys are smoking weed, then security lands, yeah? Security lands, and I think there's about two or three wham security, and they're just staring at us. They're screwing us down. So they walked up to our table. They walked around our table. They're looking on the floor to see where we've dropped the weed because no one's smoking now. They circled the table and then they walked off. Now, this is where it got funny. The white guys that were smoking the weed, I kid you not, I could not make this up. They turned to us and they said, you know what that is, lads? That's white privilege. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's exactly what they said. 100%. Did you want to fight them? Did you want to fight them? We had to laugh. It was just like, because that, that was 100% yeah, white privilege. That's what we could do. And even back then, that statement back then didn't really hit home then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You understand? It was just like, okay, yeah, cool. Whatever. You understand? I, like, I think I think one of, one of the people that we was with might have even asked them for a draw. I don't really know. That might have happened. But... <laughs> It didn't hit home then. You see now, and that's the only way to explain that. Like, is one of the easiest ways to explain white privilege: being followed in a, in a, in a, in a, in a store. Do you know what I mean? And then even with that, you're still gonna get. Are you sure he was following you? Are you sure, Regin? You see, you see security tags left on clothes. You know, what I found out half the time they do it on purpose. Half the time, the staff do it on purpose. I spoke to somebody who works in it. They do it on purpose. You see me now. Let that buzzer go off. See if I'm stopping. I'm not running. They do it on purpose to get people. They do it on purpose. Why? As a game. As a as a game. Remember, these shop assistants, they're bored, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, wait. What, you think if all us five wasn't working in a shop, we would have come up with the most off-key game ever played. Yeah, of course. Bruv, so after imagine, the purpose, it's mad. Imagine, imagine like this guy tweeted, right? George Floyd and I were both arrested for allegedly spending a counterfeit, tw- uh, counterfeit $20 bill. For George Floyd, a man my age with two kids, it was a death sentence. For me, it is a story I sometimes tell at parties. That, my friends, is white privilege. Fam, we can go deep, deeper. Like Dylan Roof went into a black church and killed bare people, and yeah. he didn't. He didn't die. They actually yeah, took him to Burger King. Yeah, they fed him. Fam, they, they fed him. That's white privilege. Like, and and I and I and I've said it, and I posted something up on 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 the gram just before this, and it and it was like, for all people that are, that are, that are questioning, why are you lot so angry? Why are you lot making so much noise? Why are you lot? Di- and even, even um, I was watching a, a video about the media, and we speak about this all the time. Like, you know, the media is the majority of things in this world is down to the media. But when you look at two sets of people behaving the exact same way, and the language they use, when black people de- get together to demonstrate, thugs, animals, they're rioting. When white people get together to demonstrate, it's a protest. Even if that 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 protest gets out of hand, oh, it got a bit rowdy. Oh, you know, the words that they use 
Yeah. It never stops being a protest. <laughs> Do you know what? It's even more... I remember, I remember being at my son's primary school, went in to go out and chat to the head teacher. And I, as I talk, I do a lot of this. When I'm on air, I will be, and that's how I pace myself when I'm talking and I do a lot of that. And she sat there and she was like, um, Mr. Deloney, um, even in the mannerisms that you speak, you know, it's rather aggressive. I put my hand in my pocket, you know, and I sat there. And this head teacher was, she was abstract dancing, bruv. I sat there, just allowed it. You know, when you're like, watch this, see the rope here? Now put it around your neck and go, sir. I just sat there and I goes, Miss Blah, Blah, Blah. Do you know for the last 15 minutes, you've been speaking with your hands? And she, no, 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 no. When I do it, do it, it's aggressive and it's frightening. When you do it, it's expressive. Can you see the problem that we've got here? And you know, even then, she wouldn't accept it. Me and my son's mum went in to have a meeting with these people. And she said that because the two of us are there, it was intimidating <laughs> for the teacher. So I said, what would you like me to do? Pretend that my son comes from a single parent family. <laughs> like, are you Maybe serious? Maybe expecting only one of you to come. Bruv, these are all the things that it's, 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 it's so horrible and they don't realise the kind of things that they do that makes it so difficult for us. And it makes it even more difficult, especially, especially in the schooling system. For me, when I'm bad, but you know that it's like they've left this big old loophole there for him to escape through and you know they've been doing wrong as well. You get what I'm saying? And... They need, they, they really need to start checking themselves with all these kind of things. That's for me. Can I, um, can I, can I, can I change up the vibe a little piece? Um, just because the last seven days for me, probably much so like all of you, has just been mentally and physically draining. Like there's been times where I've, I've like I would my moods will change throughout the day. And I, like, I don't even know why, but then I might've seen another video. Or I had a phone call or something, but my, my moods have gone up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, but, I, but, and I, and I kind of said to myself, I'm refusing to have fun in the immediate future. Like I'm not posting nothing fun on Instagram. It's not that time. I'm not posting nothing fun. There's no jokes now. Do you know what I mean? And I, and I kind of said, all right, we're gonna run with this, but the other day I was I was I was buttering bread, yeah. So I've cut some hard oil bread and I'm buttering the hard oil bread. And you know when you open the, the the packet of butter, and then you've got that foil the foil thing that you peel back, uh -huh. yeah. And as I've done this, I stopped and I thought, am I the only person that does this? That keeps the foil on the butter. Then I went, and then I said, there's a lot of differences between black people and white people that aren't, that are just funny. What are you, that, wait, are you meant to dash away the foil? Are you meant to dash away? <laughs> that, that, that's what I'm saying. I've never thought, dashed away the foil. there for a protector. You peel it and you left it. <laughs> yeah, 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 I just peel it back and then I push it back over. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> so don't get contaminated. <laughs> but this, but this is the thing. 
Why are you put? Why are you peeling it back? Because the lid, the lid is a clip down lid. Hold on. So you don't, you don't have a separate butter dish. <laughs> I've actually got one. Do you know what's hilarious? You got, got a butter one. dish. I've actually got one. I've got a butter dish as well, though. I have got a butter dish as well. I'm not gonna lie. I do have one. <laughs> you man have got a butter dish. Yeah. Femi yeah, lives uptown, yeah, no man. Femi lives in Maidaville. I, I do, I do have one. I'm not Hold gonna on, lie, man. and it's, it's... explain the but so what? So when you go shopping, right, bro, you go... let me Trans... go and try you find can it. transport from let one place to another easily. Let... I do have. So one. I got, I got, I got two. So you got the normal one with the foil, and then you got the butter dish. It comes in foil, like a foil slab. You take it out and put it in the butter dish, and then you put the the porcelain thing back over it. Man said yeah, porcelain. But, yeah, but that's that, that, that's cooking butter, a lie. That's. That's yeah, 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 yeah. But sometimes, certain times, that has to that has to go on the toes. Sometimes as well. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> Wait, you you lot are getting killed in the comments for the body dish, you know that? <laughs> no, I've got one. I I I I, I want to go and get, you up and get it. You lot are coming. I don't even fan. want you to finish me. My was uh, my was white actually from John Lewis. So voila, voila, voila! Before you go get your 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 body dish, yeah. Do you have a flannel or do you have a rag? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got both. I've got both as well. I got I got a sponge as well. Yeah, got you got a scrub, you got a scrub, and a scrunchie. You got a loofah, a loofah. It's balanced. I got a sponge and a scrunchie. Okay, so you have a rag. I shall you have to bring the butter dish. You want to see the butter dish? And I have three white girls that that bathe me every night. There's no butter in it. Jesus Christ, leave. That's white privilege. Yes, Femi. Yes, Femi. Oh, Have you got a butler over there or something, Femi? Then <laughs> <laughs> just suddenly appeared. No, my missus. No, they killed it. If, he, if, he, if he had lifted the lid and there was pounded yam underneath it. <laughs> it's nice. This is that. Why are you saying that? Like, proper. Is, I thought everyone had one of these. No. Nah, no. So, wait, when you have your toast in the morning, do you have your own little toast thing that sits in? No, uh, no, no, no. With a no. butter dish. <laughs> <everything. laughs> I don't really eat bread. I don't really eat bread, but but no. So, all right. So what? So what? So what other? What other kind of black and white funny things are there? Because I was I was talking about this with Aish the other day, and the rag thing, the rag thing was 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 one of them. Washing the chicken. Washing the chicken. I think a lot of white people frustrated about that whole washing the chicken thing. They don't wash their chicken. They don't wash their chicken in it. They say, obviously, they say the professionals say that's spreading the spreading yeah. the thing in it, but we don't care where it's spreading. You still gotta get that lemon. <laughs> can, we, lime, can we clean down the counter afterwards anyway? <laughs> but I've had a lot of white people say to me, Rob, why would you wash it? Mad. Well, yeah, that's all a bit. That's all a bit. Um, I'm trying to find where I wrote. All right, okay, yeah. So another one is dental. The use, the use of dental. In the bath. In the bath. In the bath. Yeah. You see the other day, yeah. You see when this COVID thing started. So these lot no. I use I use body shop. Yeah. I use body shop products. Yeah. Strawberry shower gel, the satsuma, the listen, surely you don't you don't use carbolic soap. (laughs) (laughs) Shamed of you. Ashamed. I, I, certain times, yeah, I will come out smelling like a tropical rainbow. If I mix them things together, it's a mad thing, yeah. But hear this now. So when this corona started, 
And I understand my missus is from Birmingham, yeah? From Birmingham, landed in South London, Brixton. So she's, she's, you understand? <laughs> I come home, jumped it, I've got my shower gel, bust it, poured it in my rag. Why can't I just smell pure dental? <laughs> Why she fill up the whole bottle with dental, Bridget? <laughs> Knowing that there's corona and dental kills everything. I said, oh my God. She's put dental in with the shower gel. He poured dental in the shower gel. Mad. Yeah. Uh-uh. That's definitely a black thing. That there. Yeah. I couldn't even say nothing. What can I say? I couldn't even say nothing. All right, cool. Do your thing. Let me, yeah, let me, yeah. th- let me think. I, I got to have a think. Separation of cultures. <laughs> let me think now. Put one for you, Femi. This isn't... I think your people started this February. Which one? The bucket bar? Nah, nah. <laughs> we we'll get into that. Car- carrying Tupperware to events. <laughs> <laughs> bro, you don't carry it. They give it to you, bro. What? This is what you don't understand. Yeah, now they start, they, that, he's right. He's 100% they right. They give it to you, bro. Like, this is what I'm saying. Like, this is the thing. Part of the culture is like, we make so much food, you have to take some home. Like, that's yeah. like normal. That's like, like, when I used to go to parties with my mum, yeah. You used to roll kid. out, you used to roll out, roll out with food. Standard. I, I used to roll always, but also, do you know what I used to do? I used to go around the tables and take drinks. I used to take an empty bag, take drinks, and sell it at school to get 100 percent profit Femi. on Monday. Oh my god, Femi, you there was so much food and drink everywhere. So I used to like literally I made a business out of it. So like because I didn't like going parties with my mum at a certain age. But after a while, I was like, oh, do you know what? This might be good, good venture. So I was just going and just cleaning out the drinks and like shutting it at school. 100% profit, no investment. Shout out to Angel. She says uh, black people don't use the timer on the cooker. All right. I nah, didn't even you know, know what? there was one. Is you know what? Ace, us new black people, we, we, we do timings and we do measurements now. Don't tell me okay. you ain't got scales. So, I know you use the on the cooker. Yeah. I, thought it was, I thought it was a clock for the longest time, bro. I was like, raw. I set the clock and I come back and it's still at the same time. <laughs> I didn't know it was a timer. I use the timer and she cusses me every day for not using the timer. Oh, that's mad. I've, I've, I've never, never used a timer. I didn't even have to use, use it. The timer. Like, and it, but you know what it is? You see, if I'm cooking something, she will cuss me because I will get up about three, four times to peek in the oven <laughs> to see what I go on. And she'll be like, see all of that? You're just wasting your time. Come and turn on the timer and come with the program, innit? I'm like, nah, 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 I don't need the timer. She's a, she's a, she's a, she's a timer queen. Oh, I, I didn't know about the timer. I didn't even know we had a timer on the, on the cooker. The timer, you know, never used it before in my life. Never. I thought it was a clock. Exactly. <laughs> What, what about taking a bucket to bed to go to the toilet? <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that that's pale. That's pale. Yeah, pale. Yeah, the pale. Old school pale. You never had a pale. That that's old school. school. Yeah. Uh, that's older than me. Bro. You don't, don't know about pale. You don't know about pale. <laughs> no. Yo, bruv. When you pee, you don't know about the pale. All you hear of that is. <laughs> listen. Hey, listen. I'll tell you a story, yeah? When I was youth, man. I used to stay at my aunt's, my, my grand's summer holidays, yeah? I used to stay in the bed with her. And um, certain times in the morning, she would get up, sit on the pail, yeah. looking right at me in my face. <laughs> like, where I look, man? Like, where I look, man? Rag oh, rag oh. <laughs> she didn't care. Are you, she ain't going downstairs, because our toilet was downstairs. That toilet was downstairs. She won't go in nowhere. 
That's so funny. Mad. That's why there was always dead oil in the yard. Bleed <laughs> <laughs> out the pail. To bleach it out. Uh, all them old school things, I love all of them. That, that just yeah. reminds me of that. Even my mother doing my grandmother's hair with a hot comb on a yeah. Sunday, and you can smell the, the smell of burning hair. Yeah. That's relaxer to all the girls that must doing weave right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cousins with, with the hair. braids with the thread. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> the tight braids with the thread. <laughs> and then the shiny <laughs> cocoa butter on the forehead. All of that, man. We're just different. We're just different. So what, 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 about, what, what about the runner that used to go down the, like in the hallway? It was like a clear little bit oh, of plastic. plastic. Yeah. Oh, bit of plastic. Oh, Old school. And the Bro. beads in the kitchen. The beads. <laughs> the beads. I, I wasn't allowed in my I wasn't allowed in my living room when I was a youth. Oh, yeah, wow. this one, my, my grandpa. The living room was locked. What? The living room was locked. It was locked. For guests, for guests only, yeah. For guests only. Seriously. Lockdown. Yeah. Lockdown. No, Joe, yeah. I didn't know I didn't know what my living room looked like for, for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you that, that bitch was locked. <laughs> you get me? Yeah. <laughs> the magic room. <laughs> yeah. The magic room. And it, my my yard was ramming us, and we needed the space. Like, <laughs> there. That's funny. Uh, hey, sure. It's been a pleasure, my brother, man. Tell them when they can listen to you on the radio, bro. Uh, I just finished on the radio at 10 o'clock. <laughs> by, by the Magic of Radio. The Magic of Radio. <laughs> with us and on the radio at the same time. Uh, at the same time, we're in the studio right now, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Um, next week, we're back, back at the usual time. 9 o'clock, so 9 to 11, dance hall and all the rest of it. For, for sure, and, and, and look out for that one. Look out for the wanted picture because you never know. <laughs> you never know. It's scary and times. Make sure you go listen back to me and Shorty on One Extra yes. One Talks from Tuesday. It was, it's a definite must listen. Thank you I very mean, much. I think it's an important moment. It was one of the most important moment in this old conversation, and like for years to come, because of the platform it was on. That's what was so important, and the way that you guys use that platform. It's going to be cited for years to come as an important moment in the conversation about race and in the conversation about, you know, in, in putting forward, you know, a strong version of black British culture. So I'm really proud of you guys, man. I'm, I'm, yeah. I was, I was I think... happy to be able to share that moment with you guys and to be able to share it with my children as well. I thought that can, was a beautiful thing. Can Thank I just say so much, guys? That man. was one of the most frightening things to know that we got that platform and to know that we're talking. Not for everyone, but at the end of it, it felt like we spoke for everyone. Yeah. So to have got it right, mm. that's so humbling. Trust me, mm. so humbling. Thank yeah. you, guys, man. Love, yeah. bro. God bless. Thank you, man. Massive shout out to Shawnee B for joining us today. Um, oh, did he have a relationship with Connor, Damon? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Let's wrap up. Let's wrap up on that, innit? All right, cool. All right, so this one's a technical one. So I've had a, had a few few messages from, from various different people, but this I had a few of these, a few similar ones to this. So basically, a uh, white lady with a mixed-race son, and basically she was just asking, what advice can we give her? Because she, she knows she can't empathise with her son. She understands it's wrong. You know, and at no point am I or is she even questioning herself whether she's racist or whatever. But she can't empath she can't empathize with her son. Um, he's I think he's fourteen, 
and she knows that he's seeing things and hearing things and he's getting angry and bloody bloody blah, and it's just like you know, basically what she's asking, kind of like if because she's white and she's a white mum and she hasn't experienced anything that we've experienced, what can we advise her to say and do or whatever to help her son through this 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 time or what's going on right now? Where's the, where's the dad? Um. I actually don't know. I actually don't know. She's got people around her, but I'm I'm not actually sure about the dad. To be fair, are there black um, men around her? Well, yes. This that this is what I do know. Yes, she has got black men around her. I I, I think that's the key because I don't think no disrespect and people can. I just don't think a white woman can teach a black boy about how to be a black man. I just think it's that simple. Mm. Like, she's never gonna understand what we go through from day to day. She's never gonna understand yeah. why he might come home and be angry. She's never gonna understand why he has to move a certain way around the police. She's never gonna understand why he has to move a certain way on the streets. She, there's so many things that she's not gonna be able to connect with. So he's just gonna need some positive black men around him that he can talk to. So hopefully his dad's about, and if he's not, then I don't know, man, it's, it's, gonna, be, it's gonna be hard. But there's going to be so many things that they're going to disconnect. There's going to be so many yeah. things she's not going to be able to. She's not going to be able to relate to. It's going to be hard. Because I, because I, I was going to just answer this, and I thought, nah, we put it out here for this, for this, for this discussion. Um, firstly, she needs to be patient with him. Yeah, she needs to, she needs to be patient with him because, as you said, she's not going to understand certain things, and. Um, she just she has to be patient, she has to listen, and she has to now reach out to her black friends and even his black family. And whilst she's reaching out to them to talk to him, she needs to get them to talk to her as well and help her understand and see certain things. Because a lot of things can't necessarily be explained. Um, you know, and even as a young teenage boy, just young teenagers aren't the best at, at, at vocalizing their feelings. Mm. I'm not the best at not, you understand what I'm saying? Like, we're not the best at, at, at vocalizing our feelings. Um, so for a young, a, a young kid seeing everything on the media, you know, wanting to go out to, to, to rallies and, and demonstrations and all that. I think she's just gonna have to be patient, speak to people around her, and just just I know this is easier said than done, but you know that whole be there for him. You know, whatever that means, what, what in whatever way, shape, or form that means, you know, because I'm very sure that he's he's gonna have certain issues, you know, and maybe even certain ill feelings towards, you know white people and 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 or police officers and even just that that education there you know of um not all police officers are the enemy and and trying to explain to a young angry boy that not all police officers are the same and at some point because even yesterday when when we posted up the thing about trying to find that that old gentleman that was in Brixton prison, but didn't know where he lived. 
And I thought, look at that. You know, for the last six days, you know, I would say the majority of black people have been anti-police for their behavior. But yet we're calling out for people to call the police station because that's where this gentleman is, you know, to, to help. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, we, we kind of do have to let these young people know, be aware, you know, be aware, get educated, be smart, but not all police are the enemy. So, well, honestly, I feel like she needs to um, buy him like books to read as well. And if he doesn't like reading, she should buy um, um, some, there's loads of reading material. Like someone, people have just posted, just going through the message. There's like obviously surround yourself with black people. Like there's, you know, film, there's films you can watch as well, though. There are there's films, there's books. I mean, there's a wait, Carlos book. For what? For what? Explain for what. There's actually a Carlos book. Yeah, he talks about mm. being brought up by a mixed race mum, my white mum. Mm. He spends chapters, and he he spends. You know, he talks about the first time he discovered he was black because <laughs> mm. he didn't know he was black for years. And he told his mom, and she had to like, you know, she she took him to um, I don't know if they still do it, but uh, Akala uh, went to Africa school, the Winnie Mandela. Yeah, Pan African, yeah. Holloway, yeah. in it. Was in Holloway, in it. Was in Fisbury Park somewhere. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Akala went to that. I don't know if they've still got that. And then you've sort of like they've got loads of books, but I think for me, I, and there's a book called Brit-ish by Afua Hirsch. She should read if. If he doesn't read those books, she should read them because actually those two books, the Afro-Ash one talks about being middle class and being mixed race, right? And also like struggling with coming to terms of being, you know, black, a society classified as black. And then Akala's one talks about it from the male perspective. If he doesn't read it, she should read it. Both of them. Because, mm. mm, mm, mm. you know, it, it was funny because I, I watched... LL Cool J that he just he asked a question earlier on in the week or maybe even last week like he wonders what biracial families are, are, are talking about and going through right now and I kind of thought about people came think, for him for that but but you know what it is and he explained it he goes he's not dismissing black lives he just he's just asking a question because at the end of the day like I've spoken to to mixed race bridgings and in growing up they will they, they they blatantly say like we were too light for black people but we're too dark for white people so they're just in limbo do you know what i mean so now being of a certain age and the reality is yeah you're black you're black you're black how would like how do you even how, how like i i would like to 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 hear that conversation like like how are you like having this conversation because bruv, for the last 7 days yeah, I, like I've been around you, H. You was around us social distancing in the park the other day and, and it was just, do you know what I mean? It was just black people. So we're not really around kind of people of other races to have that conversation. But it, it, it can't be easy. It, it definitely can't be easy at all. Mm. At all, at all, at all, at all. Absolutely. But, I mean, you know what like, it generally for me, I just feel like, you know, like there's material out there. There's like films out there. There's material out there that's exploring, like, you know, growing up in mixed race families. And I suppose the difficult thing about being growing up with dual heritage is that obviously you've got experience of both races, but sometimes society, especially in the West, 
automatically classifies you as black. And mm. I just feel like, I feel like um, people should be given an opportunity to choose. It's up to them. Did they choose what? To choose, like, you know, what they identify. Some mixed race people, I've got mixed race friends that are like, yeah, I'm black. I've got mixed race people. I've met mixed race people that are like, yeah, I'm mixed race. I'm like dual heritage. And I've met mixed race people that that just don't want anything to do with black people. Don't well, let's, let's hope they don't end up as oh. America. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I... I'm extreme. I'm being extreme. I see, I see mixed race people as black, if I'm honest. So do I. I just think, I just think it, it, you're just black, innit? And, and you know what the funny thing is? You've got you know, colour in you, innit? You see, you see mixed race people... We can't, we can't actually tell if somebody's mixed race just by the colour of their skin. No. Do you know what I mean? Like, look at, look at, I don't, you know what he's, he's cool. Look at um, Nigel. See Nigel, Nigel and Keris? Oh, yeah. See that whole family? There's like, I think, six siblings. Mm. And their spectrum, their colour spectrum is mad. Mm. It is mad. And they've got the same father, the same mother. And if you look at, the, like, from the lightest one to the darkest one, you'd be like, no, nah, you lot aren't related. But they look exactly the same. They look exactly the same. So you can see, so yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't just, you can't base it on, on, on colour because there's a lot of black people that are very, very light and, and vice versa. Um, vice versa. But it's, 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 a, it's a, I, I, yeah, I look at them as black and it's a tricky one. Like, like it's, it's just a hard one for them. As you quite rightly said, Ace, it's a hard one for us um, but this is this is this is kind of like a a crazy time. This guy, maybe we should get a mixed race guy on next time to talk about this. Yeah, maybe we should get an actual mixed race person. Yeah, yeah. What I was gonna say though, it must be hard. Like it's easy to get like uh, you growing up where we grew up in London. You it's so it's so much diverse. It's hard to see. You don't really like people aren't brave enough to say certain things. Do you get what I'm saying? Because it's so diverse. Like my class, there's only two white people in it. Now, had I been a black guy growing up in Romford, it would be a little bit different. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying okay. when I'm saying that? Brian yeah. Bello. You mean Brian Bello? Yeah, black Brian Bello. Do you get yeah. what I'm saying? Like, and he imagine what he had to part with in school. Yeah. They and even you not know, just from school, imagine what he gets apart from from when he comes to the hood. Or he yeah. comes to, he comes around it and he's sitting there having a conversation with us. We were like, is this guy for real? <laughs> Maybe he shouldn't wear the blue contacts though, isn't it? Yeah, and relax the hair. <laughs> and relax the hair backwards. <laughs> I think we're going down the slippery slope. We are. I know it. It's going to get rude. Shall we go to bed now? Uh, we had a lot yeah. of viewers tonight, man. Salute, salute to everybody that uh, is watching us on YouTube. I know that, that I, I've heard the IG wasn't really working properly, but we'll get it fixed for next week. And um, we'll be back on. Should we do? We'll be back on Tuesday, our normal time, at nine. Hey, yo. Just quickly, are you all right? How are you? I'm good, you know. I'm better. You've, you've you've had listen. I just want to say, you've had an emotional week. I, I have. Uh, your your video of you in your car, yeah. I can't even lie. That that was, was you just tired or did 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 tears of um, emotion come? Because fam, <laughs> I need. Started, you know what it is. I need to start boiling when I saw that. Listen, you see you four. You see you three, yeah. Like anyone, bruv. Look, look, for a little, as long as you lot have known me, I don't, I know a lot of people. I know a hell, hell of a lot of people. But I don't have that many people close to me. Like, like Femi, 
your kids was running amok through my house. Yeah. Lee, you've stolen things from my house. We're going to get into that another time. You mean to hey, talk about your foot? I will say that for another time. We're going to talk about my foot another time. <laughs> okay, okay. You understand? Like, and honestly, like I was thinking about this the other day, I was thinking, like, I've got a couple, maybe two or three other people that are mad close, but you three are just are some of the closest guys that I've got in my life. Hmm. Like, so when I, you know, when I saw your video the other day, it's, it touched me because it's like, we just take, we don't do it on purpose. We just take things for granted because we're always okay in it. And I think because we're so busy, we've got no time to be anything other than okay. But when I, I you, you actually pulled over and I'm looking at this brother and I'm like, I'm like, is this guy about to break down? Do I need to go and try and find him or something? Is he, where, where, is that Grange Road? Is that the Hill that he's on? <laughs> where is that? Yeah. No, I'll I tell you what it is for me. I'll tell you what, I'll be honest, got, it's got me quite emotional is I think like the honesty and just the revelation and just being, being open is so liberating. Like sometimes mm. I might come to the barbershop and just jam in the barbershop and I, I know I look tired. And I'm mm. tired because I'm dealing with people. I, I'm not going to go there, but like I'm dealing yeah. with fuckery, like, and I'm like, I'm not happy. And sometimes I'm not. I feel like I, anyway, we're not going to go back into it, but it's quite draining at times. What? And also, I feel anyway, we're going to go back to the beginning of the podcast. Let's leave it alone. But like, yeah, can we talk? Can we talk about the times, Ace, when them man go home? I mean, you sit in the me, yeah. you sit in the uh, podcast room, just chatting for hours till two, three yeah. in the morning. Yeah, hundred percent. Mm. Because you might not even know that we do that. Man just needs to vent. <laughs> yeah, me and Ace just sit down there for hours just chatting, man. Just venting, bro. So yeah. We're not, we're not really your friends. You we're not invited uh, to that party. Like fake friends. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, certain things are happening in that party. Not like that, but yeah, abuse and you know what I mean. And he was like a relaxing Ray and relaxing. his nephew. Old school. Old school. But Ray yeah, and his nephew it, it's, and it's, it's, it's liberating to, to let people know how you feel about yeah, just being black Lee, they're getting onto your hat thing. again oh my gosh i'm going dreads in it what's wrong with them these people are on to you every week every week boy let me see what they got to say today can i also say it was liberating that i was i didn't wear a hat on social media and no one even said anything bro it's amazing i told you ace you I, look I, i'm not gonna lie yeah you look like a like a r&b doddy fam i think that's my new thing no, no, no. On a smooth one, Ace, I'll be real. On a smooth one, where you've lost the weight as well, the beard yeah. was looking strong, it looked moisturized. You look moisturized. Am <laughs> <laughs> I trying to say I look dry all the time? No, but that, that day, you look moisturized in that video I saw. Mad moisture. moisturized. You know? No, you what were using that like, the share butter from Ghana, bro. You <laughs> house that day. It was okay. That black, that black the village. Mm -hmm. No, you Ace, you look HD. I'm not going to lie. I appreciate that, my brother. Ace, you didn't have your hat on? No hat. No, what don't else? go there. Don't go there. Don't what go else there. did you have? Oh, no, 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 no. Anyway, right. We will be back on Tuesday at 9 o'clock <laughs> <laughs> on YouTube. Thank you to everybody locked in. Rate, subscribe, comment. Massive shout out to Shawnee Bean again. If you guys want to go check out that show, it is on the BBC Sounds app. I would suggest you go listen to it. I think it's a very important listen. And um, Black Lives Matter, of course. And rest in peace to George Floyd, of course. You know what I mean? And salute to you guys. I love you lot. I want to say that as well. You guys are my brothers. And I 